Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Comfort Zone. I am your host, Joe Barksdale. I don't know why I said zone like that. Let me start over. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Comfort Zone. This is Joe. You, uh, it was worse the second time. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Comfort Zone. This is your host, Joe Barksdale, and this has been a... 18 seconds of me trying to get it right. All right, but welcome to the, welcome back to the first time visitor, or welcome or welcome back to the first time visitors. Welcome to the repeat offenders. Welcome back. I appreciate you. Um, this is a podcast, this is a mental health podcast that looks at mental health through the lenses of sports. I was about to say sports, science, and technology. <laughs> have you side note? Have y'all ever seen the sports science on ESPN? What, where do they get these random measurements from? You know, like they'll show somebody running, you know, he ran a 4440. That's about the same speed as 500 ants rolling downhill in the Sahara. Like, what is, you know what I mean? Like, who's, who's making these measurements? He bench pressed 400 pounds. That's the strength of 13 anemic gorillas. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm all off topic. We're looking at mental health through the lens of sports, music, and comedy. <laughs> Or entertainment and the arts. Maybe I should just start saying entertainment and the arts. It sounds more, you know, more, hmm, oh, this is a gentleman host. I don't know. Anyway, we're looking at mental health through the lenses of sports, entertain, um, sports. We're looking at mental health through the, <laughs> through the lens of entertainment and the arts. I know, I know, I got the giggles. Anyway, um, today I wanted to start off the, uh, I guess this is still a monologue because I don't have a, a guest yet, but I would like to start the conversation, the one-sided conversation, <laughs> by uh, talking about triggers. Um, and now let's, let, let me define what it means, you know, trigger. So it's defined as a verb. This is from the Collins Dictionary. I don't know who Colin is, but, you know, okay, I'm on the website now. I mean, they, they, they seem legit. Anyway, trigger. It's a word. It's a verb. Of course, it's a word. Uh, it's a verb, and it means uh, if something triggers someone, it causes them to have an extreme reaction of fear, upset, or anger, especially because they remember a traumatic experience. Something obviously triggered her because she started screaming. That that last part was a was a uh, example sentence. Um, but yeah, I'd like to talk about triggers. You hear it a lot. In today, in today's uh, realms of uh, mental health conversations, people talk about you know being triggered. Uh, <laughs> I guess I kind of triggered myself <laughs> the last episode <laughs> talking about people asking if I play football. If you didn't listen to that, go back and check it out. Um, but th- those are what triggers are, and um, obviously. I could just say, oh, go listen to the last podcast. I'll tell you about triggers. But I'll give you another example of a trigger. Um, so as you guys know, I, well, maybe you don't know, I used to play NFL football. I had hopes and dreams when I played NFL football. Those hopes and dreams never materialized because I was never on any winning teams. I don't know what it's like to be in the playoffs. You know, I, I told myself I wasn't going to watch the Super Bowl until I played in it. That was a dream of mine. And, uh, I mean, I had a bunch of dreams when I was playing football. I wanted to, you know, be a pro bowler. I wanted to go to the Super Bowl. I wanted to be in the Hall of Fame. I wanted to, you know, do things. And I was, you know, I had to bury those dreams in order to retire and start to pursue my music career. And I thought that I was over those dreams. And it wasn't until I watched the Super Bowl, this past Super Bowl this year, uh, where the Rams won. And it was like, 
showing up to the morgue to identify dead bodies because I saw all my dead dreams just paraded in front of me. It was a very triggering experience. Once again, I'm trying to be as open and honest as I can. My wife loves watching football. Now, she she actually watched sports, um, you know, when she was growing up, that kind of thing. She's got a different relationship with it. I try to be accommodating. So I'm like, yeah, we can watch Super Bowl. No big deal, you know. And from the moment it cut on, I'm just like, this was a mistake, you know, because, you know, they, hey, let's let's have a look at our 2022 Hall of Fame inductees. That'll never happen to me. You know, here's the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Man, that's an award I'll never win. Hey, this is, you know, these are the Pro Bowlers this year. I've never made a Pro Bowl. And then, you know, the Coupe de Gras, you get to see a team win a Super Bowl and you just hear this voice in the back of your head like this will never happen for you. This will never happen for you. And then the voice just gets worse. You know, why are you even watching this game anyway? You're an idiot. You know, you're an idiot for thinking that things were going to get better when you left football to start doing this music and shit. And you're an idiot now for going back and watching football, thinking that you were going to feel better about it. You're just stupid. That's my internal dialogue. Once again, trying to be open and honest. Um, And I mean, you know, it was something I had to deal with. I talked to my therapist about it and all that, but... I don't know. <laughs> Watching the Super Bowl triggered me. I mean, it did, though. It did. Because like I said, I had to bury a lot of those dreams. And I mean, I've I've also had difficult things happen to me while playing football on top of having to bury those dreams. For example, being mentally ill in a locker room where no one else wants to admit that they struggle with anything mentally. It's hard, you know. There's a stigma on you. Everybody thinks you're crazy. Um, it's hard being an autistic person in a room full of non-autistic people. People are always asking you what's wrong with you. Something's got to be wrong with you, you know. And I didn't get diagnosed with autism until after I was done playing football. Um, but it was incredibly difficult for me to be, you know, all the time interacting with non-autistic people that didn't get me and just... You know, it was it was hard to communicate. It was hard to get my thoughts out, my point across. You start to feel marginalized, whatever. But that happened too. I also lost um, a very important figure in my life while I was playing football. His name was Charleston Fobbs. We can talk about him more on another episode. Um, he was like my, you know, dad, big brother, uncle, all rolled into one. And he died while I was playing football. Not a day goes by that I think about, you know, that man was dead. I mean, the last thing that he had going before he died, he got married that summer, died in a car accident that fall during the season. And um, I mean, at the time, he, you know, he was all I had. I mean, I was I was dating my wife back then. But as far as like, you know, the, the support circle, the day ones, it was him. And he was gone, you know, just like that. I still beat myself up for uh, not missing a day of camp to show up to his wedding. That was, you know, he had his wedding that summer. Um, I didn't want to miss camp because, I mean, as you guys know, you know it's a job. And when you're getting paid to do something, they don't care about what's going on in your personal life. And I don't need to give anybody a reason to fire me. So those, those were my, that was my thoughts back then. Obviously, you know, um, that's not what I did. I stayed at camp. Um, but when he died, I left for that, you know. Um, but all of those things combined, I'm, I'm, uh, with a bunch of other things. Okay, one more story. Speaking of 
triggered because I guess I'm explaining now why the football conversation triggers me so much. My youngest daughter, Kendall, was born in 2019, 2018, 2018. That was the last, wait, no, wait, yeah, 2018, sorry. Um, and I thought that I was close with one of my teammates, close enough to make him and his wife the godfather and the goddaughter of my youngest, the godfather and the godmother of my youngest daughter. Um, fast forward to the end of that season, that ended up being my last season of football. Um, and we can talk about that in another episode too. I realize I'm bringing up all these topics that could be an entire episode by themselves. So I'm just trying to give you guys, like I said, you know, some examples, but you know, me and this dude, I thought we were close. Um, I had a mental episode during the season that year. I've been, I had been asked to be released by the program, by the organization, they wouldn't release me. Uh, anyway, long story short, they finally did. I hadn't talked to uh, my youngest daughter's name is Kendall. I hadn't talked to Kendall's godfather for the rest of that season. Uh, there were like four weeks left in the season. So I went and finished up those four weeks with the Cardinals. And it was with the Cardinals that I realized that, you know, there's got to be more to life than just losing football games and talking yourself out of killing yourself every day, you know? Um, and I took my. Goddaughter's, I mean, I took my daughter's godfather out to get something to eat, pay for the bill, and this man just berated me the whole time about how he didn't get a Super Bowl. And he has a Super Bowl ring. He has a Super Bowl ring, but he berated me the entire time about how I messed up his chances of winning a Super Bowl. And I'm like, well, I thought we were friends. I thought you cared about me. And he just looked at me like, you idiot. I don't care about you. I care about these wins, you know? And that hurt trying to be open and honest here. That hurt a lot. I cried when I went home, you know? I don't know if anyone else listening to this has ever experienced that, but people who you are supposed to depend on, people, you know, who say they love you and all that, and then you need the love and they shit on you and it gets hard. You know, it's hard to process that. It's hard to trust people with your emotions again, but nothing worth doing is easy. That being said, it took me some time to work back from that. My daughter, my daughter has a different godfather now. Um, but that's something that happened to me. And that, on top of all the other things that I've talked about, you know, are just one of the many reasons why sometimes the, hey, do you play football, can be pretty triggering, you know. Um, but, yeah, those are, those are triggers and examples of triggers. I would like to go to the emotion wheel. Because that was the longest uh, topic and personal story I hope that I do on this podcast. Because I don't, you know, I mean, I don't know. If you guys got something out of it, then they can all stay that long. Um, today or right now in this moment, I feel. Whew, all right, I'm trying to, I feel vulnerable and. I feel vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, these are some deep stories. I'm rolling off, you know, one one by one. The, uh, um, but I know, I, I mean, I, I say it, you know, not looking for sympathy or pity or any of that. I'm not even looking for clicks. I'm just looking to let other people know that they're not alone. I know that there are people who listen to these last couple of stories I told and identify with at least one of them. That's who I'm making this podcast for, you know. Um, I also want to say this about sports and mental health. Another reason that I'm looking at mental health through the lens of sports is because the only time mental health is addressed in sports is when someone goes crazy. 
And the reality is, you know, we talk about everything being, oh, football is 30% physical and 70% mental, but no one wants to take care of their mental health. How does that work? If you broke your leg, you go to a doctor, right? If you had cancer, you go to a doctor. Something's wrong with your emotions. You go to a do- you go to a doctor. It's a different kind of doctor, but it's a doctor. You know, if if, if it's true what they say about things being seventy percent mental and thirty percent physical, it's just amazing how, you know, we'll say things and then not follow them. You know. Um, but yeah. Uh, that's that's why I want to look at things through the lens of sports too, because I don't like the fact that the only time you hear about mental health is when someone does something crazy. Um, because that just further perpetuates the the stigma. You know, if the only time you hear about mental health in sports is when people are losing their damn minds, what you gonna think? Everyone that has a mental health issue is losing their damn mind. That's not the case. Not everyone that has a mental health issue is you know on that maximum edge of the way that they try to portray it in movies and TV shows. Um, but everyone with mental health issues is hurting in some way, shape, or form. It's still pain. Um, and if you're listening and you got the mental health, if you're listening and you're dealing with mental health issues or going through a rough time, I, I get it. I understand. I, if it's one thing I know from living on this planet, I know pain. We can talk more about that um, you know, in future episodes, but, you know, I mean, I've been sexually abused, physically abused, emotionally abused, you know, uh, mentally abused. I mean, all kind of abuse that you could endure as a young adolescent, I did, starting at like two or three years old. So I, I understand pain very well. It's how I relate to people because we've all, that, that's one thing we've all experienced is pain. You know, you show me a person that has never been in pain and I'll show you, you know, they're either a baby or a liar. And I mean like a literal baby, not like stop being a baby, you know. Um, but I don't know, even babies get hunger pains, right? I don't know. Let's let's get a baby in here. We're gonna interview a baby next week. No, I'm just <laughs> but um but yeah, uh that was today's topic was triggers. Gave a couple examples of uh, you know, because you I mean obviously you get the definition of the word, but I'm trying to help, you know, help it hit home by giving personal accounts and so forth um but yeah as usual if you have any questions comments or concerns reach out to me on social media um you can comment on my youtube channel uh send me emails look i'm available text me (laughs) but yeah no i do want to hear from you um a question a comment or a concern so once again i am not a therapist this is not a substitute for therapy That being said, I hope that you are doing well, and I will catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.